Hi, I'm Dr. Patricia Grabarek. And I'm Dr. Katina Sawyer, and welcome to Thriving at Work, a Worker Being podcast. You can learn more about us on our website, workerbeing.com, on social media, or you can join and support our community. You can find more details at workerbeing.com slash community. So today we are going to be talking about humility in relationships. And uh, we've talked about humility before on the podcast, but this time we're going to really be talking about it as a way to build stronger relationships between two people. And we're going to talk a little bit about how the level of humility that you show to different people may not always be consistent. Um, But generally what we're going to hear about and what we've talked about before on the podcast um, is that humility is a pretty good thing. So I'm wondering, um, in your experience, have you ever worked with or for a person who strikes you as being like particularly humble and what was the impact of that on you? Hmm. That's a really good question. Luckily I haven't worked with a lot of ego types, like big egos, at least not directly on my team. So that's helpful. Um, there've been a few in my career, but (laughs) so I would say most people are like on closer to humble than to big ego, but, um, there is, I had an employee once who I would say is very humble. Um, and he, he always, uh, trying to think of like how to explain it. Like he comes off as this person that, is just always open to hearing what other people have to say, to hearing other people's Mm -hmm. opinions, just very like, he's like, he just comes off as a good listener. And I think some of that is the humility piece because he's always curious and respectful of other people's perspectives. I will say there's a little bit of a downside in the workplace because he didn't always come off as super confident Mm -hmm. um, and sharing what he was doing while his work was, flawless and so good um so that was a little difficult especially as his leader I was like you should be more confident and that that way people take you more seriously right so like trying to get him to have a little bit more ego um was a challenge I would say for him but in general like it just made it very easy to work with him because if someone didn't like something that he did or if someone disagreed with the way he approached something, it was just like a very easy conversation. There wasn't stress or like defensiveness around it. Um, just super open to hearing the feedback and, you know, walking through it with people and, and figuring out the best next step um, without at all having to feel like somebody is stomping on his work or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's interesting that you're saying that because we'll get back to that a little bit um, around like this article doesn't specifically look at when is humility good or not, but it hints that it may not be necessary to consistently show humility in every situation. But um, but uh, I also worked for a person who um, and interestingly uh, was also a a guy um, He was a boss of mine that I had in consulting when I was on a data team. And um, he just was very like, I think especially in that job, and you've worked, um, you know, on teams that manage a lot of data as well. I think specifically in that job, when you're working with things that are really complex and there are times when you make mistakes or you can't figure something out or like 
you really need to ask for help. Even if you're leading the team, you might need to ask for some help because it might be something that you've never seen before or issue that you haven't had to resolve. And he was just really good at making it so that if you ran into a wall and you couldn't figure out what to do and you had really tried like everything you knew how to do and you couldn't figure it out, um, that, you know, you felt like you could go and say, I'm really struggling with this. Have you come across this before? Could you help me? And he would do the same thing. So it really felt like he was willing to admit that he needed help on things or that he didn't know stuff or that other people on the team might know better. And so he really created this like environment where it felt like it was okay to say, I've never run against this before. Um, mm. Could we work on it together? Which was really nice. And he also was really good at recognition, which I'm going to talk in a little bit about the different components. But um, he did a lot of calling out and shouting out people who had helped him. So that was interesting. So he would say nice. like, I, yeah, like, I really ran into a problem and, you know, whoever it was dropped what they were doing to help me. And that really helped us move forward on this project. Um, so he also like rewarded and called out people who were willing to um, help him fill gaps. He recognized people for other things too, but um, I think it was particularly humble behavior because he was calling out places where he had a shortcoming and he was also calling out places where other people did not have that shortcoming, right? Which cre mm -hmm. Which is like, requires a certain confidence, I think. Yeah, I would agree with that. It requires not only some confidence, but some ability to, like, you don't have to take all the credit. As a leader, you don't have to be the best at everything. It's yeah. like, that, I think that's really important in a leader. So that's, that's a good example. Yeah, and it's interesting that yours was a peer because this study is specifically looking at peers um, and not looking at leaders. So a lot of the humility literature has looked at humility what did I just say? Humility literature. <laughs> I think I said humility literature. Um, a lot of the humility literature has looked at leader humility. And um, looking mm. at it from a peer-to-peer -peer perspective is actually kind of helpful because um, when you're looking at leader humility, it's sort of uh, people rating on average the extent to which their leader is humble. But in this instance, people they were actually able to look at how people's humility fluctuates across different peers that they have. And it feels like that's more of a moving target than maybe like just looking at one leader and saying, oh, on average, is this leader humble? But really saying like, are there fine grain differences between how you're humble towards different people on the team? Interesting. Yeah, I think that's a, a good lens because I think from a leader's perspective, like you have to have some humility if you ever want mm -hmm. your employees to, to shine or, you know, show what they can do to others outside of your team but mm -hmm. from a peer perspective it's very different right because I mean ideally you're collaborating with your peers but sometimes you're in competition with them realistically right. yeah it goes against some of what we think because like the reason that leader humility is thought to be important is because leaders are in a position of power and so one way to help sort of uh equalize those power relationships is for the leader to show humility. And the reason that that works is because it takes away some of that power discrepancy that followers can feel from leaders. But peer to peer, kind of, kind of the common adage is, you know, you want to be the smartest person in the room, or you want people to think that, you know, you know all the answers and you don't want to show your peers weaknesses because of that competitive aspect, right? Mm -hmm. um, and what they find is actually the opposite, which is interesting. Um, but I will, I am, I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> so I will slow down 
and give the uh, three to five takeaways here, which I think uh, I have three, but um, they have a little bit of a subcomponent. Okay. Uh, two of them do. Okay. So the first is I'm just going to break down that humility is formed by three components that are important to understand if you're going to be able to recognize whether or not you or others are showing humility. So the first is there are three components to humility. We're going to break down what those are. Okay. The second. Are you oh, you're going to show oh, them go later. Ahead. All right. <laughs> I'm going to share them. I'm going to share them later. Uh, okay. The second <laughs> Is that, and I hinted at this before, humility is not a consistent virtue that people show to every peer in the same degree. People vary in the extent to which they show humility to certain people versus others. So we'll talk a little bit about that. Okay. Interesting. Then, and there's a, um, that's one of the ones that has like a little um, caveat to it. Some nuance for us. (laughs) Is it what? I said some nuance for us. Yes, some nuance. Um, well, actually, just some stuff that they didn't really get into that I thought we could discuss because I, I think it's an interesting future research direction. Okay. Then the third is that um, psychological safety stems from experiences of humility with your peers. Hmm. And the follow-on to that is that um, psychological safety impacts your performance at work. Um, and specifically your interpersonal performance, which means, um, the extent to which you view the other person as a high performer that you're experiencing humility from. Okay, great. Well, I'm loving that psychological safety is involved because you know how much we love that concept. Um, so tell us more. What are those three things that make up yes. So if you want to know whether or not you or others are expressing humility, it's really uh, these three components. So the first is admitting when you don't know how to do something. So we just talked about that. Um, it was in both of our examples, um, this idea that if you aren't sure, you don't have the answer, that you feel okay to say that you don't have the answer. Um, and that you might ask for help um, when you need it. So that's the first component. Are you willing to say, I'm really not sure I need help from someone else? Okay. That, I mean, that's com- just like the obvious one, right? Like, yes, you are not, you know you're not the, a know-it-all, and that's okay. Yes, exactly. So you don't have to have the answers all the time. The second is that you actually notice and point out other people's strengths. Mm. So the idea here and the reason why it's humility and not like some other thing like gratitude, for example, the reason that that falls under humility is because to call out someone else's strength and also be willing to call out your own weakness means that you don't view the strengths of others as a threat. So it actually takes some humility to make other people aware of someone's strengths that are not your own because for some people that are less humble, they could view other people's strengths as something that they don't want to point out because it's competition for them. But a humble person uh, doesn't mind people recognizing that there are people on the team who have strengths that maybe they don't possess. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we've got don't need to know it all, 
but also can recognize people's strengths and are not yes. afraid of other people's strengths. And from a yeah. peer perspective, that's extra, I feel like extra interesting. What's number yeah. three? The third is that you actually listen to and take the advice or guidance of others. Hmm. This doesn't have to be all the time. So if someone gives you bad advice, um, and not saying you have to take advice every time, but, um, but in general, humble people don't just ask for help, but if somebody says, oh, here's the help that I'm giving you and um, here's what you should do, or like, let me give you some guidance around that, or can I give you some feedback? Um, they're more open to the advice of others and they also are more likely to follow it. Um, so you're not asking for help and then the person gives you help and you're like, well, I heard what you said, but I think I know a better way um, that you're actually trying to listen and show through your actions that you really believe that the other person has told you something that's valuable. This totally, like, I feel like it explains the person that I was describing and I feel like I described some of these things already, right? Like that person yeah. definitely was willing to be like, hey, I'm not sure. I don't know. There could be a different way. Totally open to that was very good at recognizing other people. I didn't even think about that as a component when I was talking about him, but he did do that. He was like, you're the best at this thing. And he would tell people in meetings that they were the best at all these different things that he didn't think he was the best at. Um, and, you know, honestly, he was right. Like he knew where his strengths were and where other people's strengths were. And then he definitely did the the listening to other people's advice. Like didn't just blindly do it, but definitely took people's input and took the feedback and took different approaches and perspectives based on what he learned from the person that was helping him. Um, so yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. That really resonates. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think, uh, we can probably, and maybe the people listening at home can think of humble people who they know who do those three things. And it's also a good check for yourself too, right? Like I think everybody likes to think of themselves as a humble person, but are they actually a humble person? Um, <laughs> you know, asking those questions to yourself can help you figure out if that's the case. That's um, true. So the second thing is that I think when people think of humility, and I just even said it myself, you know, are you a humble person? People think that um, being a humble person is sort of a trait that you would play out in every context. But what this actually finds is that humility can play out in certain relationships more than others, and that certain people, that you are more consistently humble towards certain people than other people on average. And while that's um, not maybe the most, like, that's a little bit more of a heady takeaway in terms of, like, research versus practice, what it means is that when you're asking yourself whether or not you're a humble person you may not have to think about every single interaction that you're having to think about whether or not there are some people who view you as humble on the team. So I think that the literature would suggest, for the most part, although I'm going to add a caveat to this, um, for the most part, I think the literature would suggest that the more people you can show humility toward, the better. Um, but that's really coming from the leader humility literature, which I talked about before, um, sort of suggests that when you're in a position of power, people sort of generally like it and it benefits you to show people who have less power than you that you're willing to sort of equalize those power relationships. In a peer-to-peer -peer, um, setting, 
it feels like people are a little more judicious about when they show humility and when they don't. Um, and so whether or not you're a humble person um, is kind of not the right question here. It's what, how many people on your team would consider you humble? And that may vary according to who the person is. And you may have some reasons for why you might not show as much humility to some people than others that could be functional, although they didn't get into that. Uh, like when is it functional or why in this article? Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. Like there's the team player that's on your team, another collaborative person who's also showing some of these behaviors that you feel really comfortable and safe with where you can be more humble. But there might be, I'm thinking of an example of a person that I used to work with who like on the team, this person was a little bit different in the sense that they were more competitive than the rest of the mm -hmm. team. So like in our, excuse me, in our team, most people are very collaborative and I feel like the humility around the team was really strong. But when mm -hmm. that person would come in to a meeting, people became a little bit more possessive of their, I'll say IP, you know, like what they're doing, yeah. what they're working on, what they want to own in front of leadership because that person would be someone that might take an idea as their own or might mm -hmm. um, promote their work over everybody else's or you know if somebody said they didn't know something they might gossip about it yeah yep and that's sort of what they're suggesting in here because even though they didn't test why um people were uh having variability across different peers with the extent to which um they viewed them as humble so this is um it would be like me asking you or you asking me asking you what you think of me or vice versa, right? So we're actually asking the person and saying, how humble how humble do you think this person is in a team setting? And then we're asking all of their peers and we're asking them about all of their peers. So each person on the team is getting asked about every other person in terms of how humble they think they are. And what they found was there was a lot of variability across the team members in terms of their perceptions of the humility of the person. That's so interesting, um, but it makes sense yeah, to me. Yeah, so... It's kind of like, it's an interesting takeaway, certainly from a research perspective, because it's this thing that we kind of think of as like, oh, you either have this virtue or you don't to a higher or lower or medium degree, right? And now um, it's kind of, okay, from a peer context, it looks like there's some variability and they talked about why that might be. And one of the reasons was because, you know, there may be certain people where it really just doesn't prove you to show your weaknesses because they'll exploit your weaknesses or, um, you know, you really need to be more cautious about um, displaying humility around your number one uh, person who you're competing with for a promotion and you really are neck and neck. And maybe in that environment, you might not want to be like, I don't know how to do stuff that you know how to do. You know what I mean? Like that might not be the timing <laughs> or the place. So anyway, they, they basically say that... Um, humility can have these relationship effects where you could be seen as very humble by one person and not as humble by somebody else. That is so interesting. I bet there's like a baseline. Like I'm sure that somebody that's like never humble is mm -hmm. not going to be like, maybe somebody will see them as more humble as another person. Right. And then the people that are more humble might still have variability and how there was, I bet there's some individual difference. I don't know if they, they yeah. found that. Um, but 
it is fascinating, but it makes a lot of sense because kind of like the thing, the example I was sharing, which is not peer to peer, but like that individual um, that was humble presenting in front of senior leadership, like it would behoove them not to be as humble in that situation. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, like it would actually be better if he approached it with a little bit more confidence and like, I know this, I know what I'm doing here. Uh, so that to build the confidence in his work from that leadership team, right? Like they need to see him and be like, Oh yeah, he does know what he's, what he's doing versus yeah. like people that he knows better who can attest to the fact that he does know what he's doing, but doesn't have, and so he doesn't have to be as showy about it, if you will. Um, so I think that there are definitely situations and I've experienced it and seen it. Um, so it makes a lot of sense. Like it feels right. Like basically what I'm saying yeah. is that the research findings are very um, aligned with my personal experience in the workplace. Yeah, absolutely. And, and um, they did see that humility had a trait component, but 33% of the variability was due to relationship specific effects. So mm-hmm. about, you know, a little less than 70% of your humility is due to a trait, but a third of the amount of humility that you show about varies according to who you're interacting with. Which I think is actually really good because like we know, yeah, there's going to be some trait component, but there is some ability to flex on this. So if you get Mm -hmm. feedback that maybe you need to be a little more humble it's actually not that hard. You can do it. Well, maybe it is hard, but you can do it. You can flex how people perceive you um, to some extent. So that's that's a really interesting finding from that perspective, too, just from a personal career development perspective. Yeah. Yeah. So so this is not a static thing. This is more dynamic than people thought. And when you show humility to a particular peer, what happens is, let's say that I say that you're very humble. I would also say that when I'm in your presence, I experience a lot of psychological safety. And we've talked about the concept of psychological safety before, um, which is the idea that people feel like they can speak up, that they can voice concerns, um, that they can raise when things are not working as well as they might be, um, that they can be their true self, um, and et cetera. So... Um, humility is a good thing that provokes this sense of psychological safety. So when I think that my peer is being humble, I also feel more psychologically safe in their presence. And they would in turn rate me as being a better performer. So when we build this relationship where I'm being humble, you perceive me as humble, right? You also are viewed as a better performer, in the eyes of others. So a humble person is seen as a better performer via them also being seen as having more psychological safety. Interesting. Well, I think the psychological safety piece makes a lot of sense because we know that one way to build psychological safety on a team is to express more um, transparency and things where you're struggling, right? Being vulnerable, showing that. So I that connection makes a lot of sense. The performance piece, I mean, is, is awesome too, because Mm -hmm. it's like another argument, right. As to why you should behave like a decent person at work. Yeah. (laughs) Because then people will see you as higher performers. And they thought about performance in two different dimensions, which is also kind of interesting. 
The first was just the quality of the contributions. So they were asking the person, to what extent do you think that this team member's contributions are of high quality? And what is the value that the, thing, that the team member adds to the organization? But they also asked them about creativity. Does this person suggest new ways to achieve our goals? Are they a good source of creative ideas? Do they have fresh approaches to problems? And both of those um, improved when the person was viewed as more humble. So when they had these uh, relationships where, you know, I view that we have this like uh, understanding of one another, that we have this like humble sort of connection, right? Mm -hmm. That there's more psychological safety in the relationship. And then we both say like, I think that this person's more creative. I think this person's contributions are better. So um, this is particularly interesting, I think, for uh, like peer-to-peer -peer performance evaluations. Like it feels like humility is a way to boost other people's perceptions of your performance. Um, but it also means that, you know, you can impact others' perceptions of you on the team, like you said before, without having to say, well, if I'm going to take on being humble, I have to be humble every single interaction, every time out with every person. Um, you can actually take significant steps to improve um, the psychological safety that you have in your relationships and people's perceptions of your performance just by picking one or two or three people on the team to build these relationships with and starting from there. Yeah. So it's like you've got a starting point. You don't have to do it all at once, um, but you'll start to move the needle if you start to build these more humble relationships or interactions with certain folks um, in the long term, it'll make a big impact. And then you can obviously expand those relationships further. And I think it's also important to note, like, you know, peer performance evaluations is one thing, but also like what your peers say about you to your leader is a mm -hmm. big deal and it's important and it's going to determine a lot of things, right? Like your manager is going to rate you well and give you bonuses based on performance and quality of work and deadlines and all that. But if you're, you know, burning bridges, if you're not able to get along well with people, they might be more hesitant to promote you into a leadership role. Um, if you are on the, on the flip side, if you are building psychological safety and, you know, your peers are coming to you with issues and challenges and they feel comfortable with you, then you're going to start becoming a natural leader on the team. Um, mm -hmm. because they feel comfortable with you. So then now your leader is going to see that your peers are coming to you to have these honest conversations about a challenge because they feel safe with you. Then that leader is going to be like, wow, that person really can build strong relationships. And that's going to lead to them wanting to either promote you or, you know, continue to build you into a leadership position um, because you've already flexed that muscle. So I think there's you know, your leader will be seeing this. They will be paying attention and they'll be hearing what people are saying about you too. Yeah. And it's a great practice to become a better leader because um, what we know right now from the literature is that humility more consistently relates to positive outcomes. And there's not as much of a risk for a leader to show humility towards a follower as there might be peer to peer where there's a little bit more variability, it seems. Um, so yeah, um, the the takeaways, if we look at them all together is that team member humility is a pretty good thing. It creates more psychologically safe relationships. It creates higher perceptions of performance in relationships. And that also includes creativity. Um, and so, you know, managers might want to encourage um, people to be more humble toward one another. 
Um, but they also, you know, here recognize what we've been talking about is that um, you may want to encourage it with a caution. So if you're, you know, an entry-level employee who has no reputation of being a good performer, you might not want to just constantly be talking about all your weaknesses um, <laughs> or whatever, right? Or, you know, if you um, keep talking about and calling out the strengths of people in the organization who are already seen as higher performing than you, et cetera, and calling out your own weaknesses, that might not help you to get ahead um, in negotiation. It might not help you to be like as humble. Um, so um, what they suggest here is that um, if you're trying to increase your humility and you're not in a leadership role, you're in a more vulnerable place in an organization, you might wanna test the waters and sort of get the best of both worlds by leveraging this in specific relationships where you think it's valuable for you to do that so you can still increase the psychological safety and performance of your team, but you're not also taking risks to your career or your reputation. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. So knowing when to be humble, but not being afraid to be humble and building those relationships is key. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for sharing this article. I think it's a really good one. It's interesting. It's different. So as you were saying, peer to peer humility is not something that people have really looked at. So I'm excited to see some work in this space, especially because it relates to things like psychological safety and performance. So win-wins. Um, I really appreciate it. It's been, it's been really interesting to listen and hear about it. Thank you so much for listening to it. And I'm glad you liked it. Yeah. And thanks to all of our listeners. If you ever need to reach out to us, you know how to find us on our website, workerbeing.com. You can email us at contact at workerbeing.com. And if you'd like to set up a call to hear more about what we can do for you, what services we can provide, please um, send us a note. We're going to have a link to a Calendly in the show notes. Thanks for listening. Thriving at Work is hosted by us, Dr. Patricia Grabarek and Dr. Katina Sawyer and produced by Allie Johnson. Thank you.